0: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We are just about ready to turn the page to the Las Vegas Raiders. But before we do, it's time to open up the mailbag here. Power to the pod on Locked On Dolphins.
2: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of Locked on NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Today is Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. I'm going to tip our cap to the everydayers who are locked in on a daily basis because it is your team every day. We don't just say we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. Power to the pod. Mailbag. It's been a minute. I'm asked frequently, Kyle, when's the mailbag coming back? The mailbag's hard during the season, right? Because you have... Uh, 5 days a week to do programming. I'm already doing six shows in the week because you get offensive and defensive takeaways from the film breakdowns. So what better time to bring power to the pod back than not having to break down film and instead having a monstrous mailbag of questions, <laughs> which is exactly what we have. And the mailbag questions are coming coming courtesy of the Locked On Dolphins Insider Subtext group uh that you can find the uh a sign up link in the show description here whether you're watching Via your favorite podcast or on YouTube, so food for thoughts. Great opportunity. We got good community there. A lot of people. Group chat, individual text line, direct one-on-ones with me to ask questions. I'll do some film reviews in there. It's a really cool community that we've cultivated thus far this season, and this is your formal invitation to join it. Uh, so I have fifty questions that I'm not going to get to, and the first one that I'm going to take is a text. And the text is, Dolphins could wrap the division before their late-season gauntlet of Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills. I don't know how it was possible, but the Dolphins absolutely manhandled this bye week. Because, of course, we knew much of this, but we didn't know that uh, the Bills were going to lose at home to the Denver Broncos to fall to 5-5 five and five on the season. And that happened last night on Monday Night Football. And there's a couple of thoughts that I have with this game. And obviously, there's a a firm and very lively rivalry between the team in Western New York and our Miami Dolphins. Um, but I would say this: uh, I do not want to hear from a single fan of that football team the name Tua turned the ball over one more time. I do not want to hear about winning against cupcakes and an easy strength of schedule and moonwalking against bad teams from fans of that football team. Y'all got your own problems to handle. And I'm talking I'm talking to casual fans, and I'm talking to Kyle Brand, who had the audacity to come on after the Dolphins lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown and call us unserious people. Unserious is losing at home to the Denver Broncos if you're aspiring to be a playoff team. That's what unserious people do. I digress. Uh, Yes, you could not have scripted a better ending to the bye week. Every other team in the division lost. The Dolphins did not play a game and gained a game on everyone in the standings. And they get healthy. Now, not necessarily completely healthy, uh, because we heard from Mike McDaniel yesterday. He alluded to uh, the Dolphins' Rob Jones and Rob Hunt are week to week, which does not bode well for the guard position in week 10 against the Raiders. Which takes me to my next question. uh, Which is more of a statement and an observation. And it's on the heels of, of the show yesterday where we looked at the rookie class. We should take offensive linemen with the first two picks. It depends. I could see this being a world where you would want to live in, but what are you doing with your personnel? Are You extending Austin Jackson? Are you extending Robert Hunt? What I would not feel great about is extending neither one. Those were players that this team drafted in twenty twenty. Hunt's been great for several seasons. Austin Jackson's been outstanding this season. If you put yourself in a position where they all walk, I do think you're doing yourself a disservice uh, with the continuity of the offense with the confidence that the offense will be able to take that personnel change in stride, I would try to lock in one of those two guys on the right side of the line. And then whatever you want to do with Connor Williams, you want to have that debate, you can have that debate. I think from a positional value standpoint, the guards are easiest to replace and they're easiest to coach around. Tackling the center their athleticism and the center's ability to make calls is Uh, a little bit more paramount specifically in this offense. So I can see a world where if you let multiple starting offensive linemen walk, you maybe sign a couple low-risk, high-floor offensive linemen that are maybe a little longer in the tooth if you want to piecemeal it together. But I'd I'd hate to piecemeal it together when things are starting to come together in gel the way that they are. And if you avoided that, then I think you would not be in a position to draft two offensive linemen. Uh, for a four-number, I know from a seeding purpose, the Cincy loss helps Miami, but that is one matchup that scares me if Miami has to host Cincinnati as a wild card. What team scares you the most if Miami has to play home wild card game as a division champion? This is tough um, because you have whoever's not going to win the AFC North, and I think the Browns defense is not a great matchup for Miami. I think the... Uh, loser of Cincinnati and Baltimore is going to be a tough out. Regardless, I think health could certainly be a contributing factor that way. I would not want to play Joe Burrow. The dream is either Houston with a rookie quarterback coming in the playoffs to play against you, and CJ Stroud's playing outstanding. Uh, he's He's looking like a top-eight quarterback in the NFL right now. He is absolutely playing out of his mind. But I would rather take that than Joe Burrow just based off of the been there, done that nature of the postseason. And I think the other dream is Pittsburgh. Anything beyond those two guys, it's it's going to be a tough call, and that's why playing at home is important, and, and defending home field advantage, and the Dolphins taking care of business at 6-3, and three and they have a very high leverage game against the Raiders because then they're going into the divisional game against the Jets after that. And the Jets play the Bills next week. One of those two teams is going to have six losses which means mathematically they could run the table, they will be no higher than five in the entire season. That will get you to 11 wins. So that's a a big place to be. If you fall to five and six, the best you're going to do is 11 wins on the season. And Miami, if they win and they get to seven and three, with the schedule looking the way that it does, I mean, they're really starting to stack some leverage if they take care of business, and that starts this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, We have a slew of questions. I want to tackle one more before we get into the break. Uh, The question is, having difficulty wrapping my mind around the we-haven't-beaten-anyone-good rhetoric. Even though the three teams we lost to are the past two Super Bowl participants and our biggest division rival on the road, they say that you have to play the schedule that's given to you, and you should beat the you-know-what out of teams. You're supposed to beat the you-know-what out of teams, which is what the Dolphins have done. And we haven't necessarily done that in the past, but I don't hear people saying that now. They only concentrate on the three losses. I think we have a great team with potential to be even greater. I'm worried that the players may have be getting in their own head in regards to these losses. Uh, losses to really great teams. Do you think the team's mindset is in the right place? Are the players actually listening to that noise and is it getting in their head? If it is, then I, I don't think Mike McDaniels is, is letting on very well that that's the case. And I wouldn't necessarily expect them to let on if, if that was a concern that they have. But what I would say is the, the dolphins performances have gotten better with each of those games. And you're in these high leverage situations and the Dolphins have beaten playoff teams. They beat the Ravens and the bills last year, early in the season. And it just so happens they came in weeks two and three. So everybody's get, walking around with a parade talking about how the Dolphins haven't beaten a team with a winning record in, in a year. It doesn't matter when it happens, right? It, it happened. Uh, and, and I would point out the Detroit lions who the Dolphins beat midseason, season finished year with a winning record as well but they didn't have a winning record at the time of the game, which doesn't matter. It's you are the sum of all of your games combined. So um, do I think that that it's in the Dolphins' head? No. I think the performances have, have continued to stack and get better. I think what you have to guard yourself from, and this is why I mentioned the Raiders as a high leverage game, you have to guard yourself from being the Bills and losing to the Broncos at home you have to guard yourself from being the Chiefs and losing to the Broncos at home. You have to guard yourself from being uh, the Baltimore Ravens and blowing a two-touchdown lead against the Browns, a team that you beat by 27, 25, 24 points, whatever it was the first time you played in this season. Don't don't lose that game. Because if you lose that game, then you open the door up. So if the Dolphins continue to do, to do the thing that they have been criticized for doing, You're talking about division championship t-shirts for Christmas. Like that's the timing because the math is, is the bills play the jets. So one of those teams is going to fall to six losses. And then the bills play the Eagles and the chiefs. And then they play the chargers and the Cowboys and Miami's on that list. I digress. We are going to continue here on this episode of locked on dolphins, all of your most pressing questions and thoughts and observations here. That is more coming up next. We spend a lot of time together on this show and we get fired up for the wins and we get fired up for the losses and who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection and the platform that I have here with locked on dolphins to create that community with all of you today. I want our chat to be a little bit more personal, uh, no one should be caught off guard or unprepared, and everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones for the unexpected. Jace Medical handles everything to make sure that you have the pharmaceuticals that you or your loved ones need in the event of an emergency. Go online to jacemedical.com and you can receive a 12 month supply of your daily medication. And you can use promo code locked on at checkout for a discount supply as well. Uh, Jace Case offers five life-saving medical antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from their physicians for any treatment-related questions as well. It is doctor-created, doctor-recommendation. If you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year's supply of any any daily medication, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your purchase.
2: They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: The mailbag, we're ripping through here. Uh, The next question, which rookies have impressed the most and which have you been hoping to see more from? Um, I'm gonna take this from a Dolphins specific lens uh, because I think there's enough here. Uh, we'll get the defining lean one way or another for Devon Achane. Obviously, the Dolphins didn't have a big draft class. Uh, Cam Smith is the low hanging fruit. If you told me that that Jalen Ramsey wasn't gonna play for half the season and Xavier Howard's gonna miss two games, would I have wanted Cam Smith to get involved? Yes, absolutely. Now, Mike McDaniels talked about a little bit. I understand the thought process, the the uh, reason why, and it's so that you don't have another Noah Igbenogany on your hands is, is really what Mike McDaniel has described as the thought process. He said his process has been good. He's, he likes the way that he is, but at that position in particular, you put a player in before he's ready, and there's he referred to it as scar tissue, that lingers if the play is not good. And I respect that because the Dolphins have had other players that have been capable of stepping in. But i have liked to have seen Cam Smith get reps. Yes, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, say what you will. Vic Fangio also wanted to put David Long not on the nickel defense. And David Long at the midway point of the season is one of your best defensive players. He's been outstanding but he had to play through it a little bit. At some point, Cam Smith's going to have to play through it, whether it's this year or next year. But uh, I I would say Cam Smith is the one that I would look at and want more from. I've been very impressed with Julian Hill. I really like what he has been able to do for the Dolphins and how he has taken kind of this modest snap share, and he has done a lot with it. And I think that that um, is a storyline I wasn't expecting Uh, Based off his college film at Campbell, I think you saw the developmental upside, but the developmental upside has come pretty quickly. Three, four, six number. What are your thoughts on the lack of contribution from the last few draft classes? Is there a position of need where a rookie in the upcoming draft class can start? I originally thought safety, but I think Elliott might get another deal. I also think Deshaun Elliott might get another deal. Here's what I'll say about the contributions from the draft class. I think this is intentional. Obviously you make a decision to trade your draft picks and they did not make a decision to be stripped of a first round pick courtesy of tampering allegations and allegations in regards to competitive integrity of the game and so on and so forth. So either here or there, that's a rant for another day. But when I think about how the dolphins constructed this team, um, they had two foundational draft classes in 2020 and 2021 that were the sum of them making personnel decisions to allocate a large percentage, uh, an abnormally large number of assets, and flood the system with young players, talented players on rookie contracts. What you are seeing now, this year, is the manifestation of that. Tua to Tagovailoa is playing very good. Austin Jackson's far-exceeding expectations. Uh, Robert Hunt when he's on the field is playing at a pro bowl level and he has never had durability issues before this hamstring issue that that suffered in uh, against New England uh, week eight you think about that draft class Raekwon Davis is taking meaningful snaps for you as well you have Jalen Waddle Jalen Phillips Javon Holland from the following draft class and that's not even to acknowledge some of the peripheral players um and then you go back to 2019, which was the first year of this stretch, and you got Christian Wilkins and Andrew Van Ginkle on that stretch of picks for Miami. Lee Michaelberg's playing snaps. He's played better this year, but p- playing snaps. Um that's the extent of your, your drafted contributions in that two, three-year window. If you have convictions that you took the right players and you put the pieces in place to allow them to shine continuing to draft players with a certain level of unknown while you were trying to take the leaping in level of competition as compared to utilizing those draft picks to go out and get players who you know exactly what they're going to be because they have an established NFL resume is probably the best way to maximize and jumpstart the youth nucleus and compete to win in the immediate future. And that's what the Dolphins have done. Where there is always going to be variance with draft selections, and I don't expect a third-round pick taken at 102, Channing Tindall, to come in and light the world on fire for the Dolphins. I just it, it's it's not a top 100 pick. Real, the realistic expectations of that player being a, a meaningful player if you were to draft at 102 year over year over year over year, okay. it's pretty slim. It's just not the, the success rate. There is pretty high variance. Would I have liked to have seen Cam Smith get more involved? Yeah, but Devon Achan has been good in the second round or in the third round. You get a couple of UDFAs who are giving you quality reps and Cater Kohu is a part of that 2022 class. So I think it's, it's all balanced out to some degree. But I think the thought process is like, we, we know what we are, we know what we have. We drafted all of it. So let's go get pieces around that. Uh, to try to maximize our opportunity to win, which I think the Dolphins have done. And uh, I, I think it's, it's the right strategy. It's now just a question of what does the runway look like? How long can you stretch it? And uh, if the ball bounces your way or not. But that's just kind of a big-picture thought that I had as far as the, the team-building ideology because uh, go, go look at the Bills draft classes them, continuing to say, "Yeah, we're, we're just going to keep plugging." Well, Kyrie Elam's a healthy scratch as a first-round pick, and uh Boogie Basham got traded for Peanuts on the Dollar, and uh, they're they're swinging and missing in second-round draft selections on an annual basis. But look at the the New England Patriots. Well, you know we we, we moved on from Tom, but we're going to spend a lot of money in free agency, but. Uh, we're we're going to hoard out and allocate draft picks. and We're not going to go out and make big splash plays and, and get needle moving players. We're, we're more of the sum of the whole is compared to the sum of the individual parts. And we don't covet big time talent the way that other teams typically do. And, you know, they, they just cut Jack Jones. Who's one of the better players off that 2022 draft class. That was so controversial because it was Tyquan Thornton and Cole strange with their first two picks. And look at the jets, look at the jets. Joe Douglas's track record as a GM before the 2022 draft. Well, then you go out and you get Aaron Rodgers say, okay, that's kind of close to the ideology that the Dolphins uh, approached with their own uh, influx of of a proven talent. But they went out and got a 39-year-old quarterback and went out and brought in all his buddies. I don't know. I I think the the approach and the process for the Dolphins and what they chose to do, I'm a supporter of. Uh, I've always been a champion of this process, and I like Chris Greer a ton. I know not everybody does, and that's okay. But if you take a step back and look at the whole forest, I think it gives great perspective on what the Dolphins are, what the Dolphins aren't, and what Chris Greer is and what Chris is not. We have more of your questions and thoughts here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. You to score early in the second half of this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. So pick the Dolphins on the money line against the Raiders. And if they win, you get $150 in free bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the money line, props, spreads over-unders and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So let's uh, let's continue here with questions. And the next one comes from, as, as it pertains to uh, Julian Hill, who's already been mentioned as a valuable snap taker in the Dolphins rookie class. I know Julian Hill is playing fairly well, but tell me about his value on the field when he's offered nothing in the passing game uh, and no threat. Could his snaps be better allocated to a sixth offensive lineman? Probably sounds ridiculous because no one does that, but maybe speaks to Hill's value. I think the appeal of Julian Hill, who, who from a blocking standpoint has not been problematic versus a sixth offensive lineman, is if you put a sixth offensive lineman on the field, It kind of gives the personnel tell, right? You're going to get more base because you're going to come out with six offensive linemen. It kind of gives away your hand. Now, you could theoretically put a six offensive lineman on the field, leave them in the protection and run routes and space the field because of the speed, like you alluded to, uh, with the other Dolphins wide receivers and space the field effectively. The Dolphins have have spaced the field effectively with less eligibles than many other teams across the league but uh, tight ends in general they they don't get the football it's it's backs and wide receivers in this offense and i don't i don't think it's a problem of spacing the field or having enough threats and i don't think julian hill is ineffective at what the dolphins ask him to do so that's my two cents on julian hill now our next question we have Probably three dozen more, uh, more than I can possibly cover uh, here on the show. But the next one comes from uh, 978 number. We came out of the bye last year with a hot first half against Houston, but let our foot off the gas in quarters three and four. We then remained sluggish for the rest of the season. What are you looking for out of the bye to indicate we've learned from that lesson, both in the Raiders game and afterwards? I'm focused on the, I think that let's start with the Raiders game. You're going to come into this game at home with a week of rest playing a Raiders team. That's hot. They're excited. They've built a little bit of momentum, but at the end of the day, it's a quarterback in in O'Connell who has only made a handful of starts. They're going to feed the ball to Devontae Adams and they're going to feed the ball to Josh Jacobs. They're going to pound the rock. If you start early, Against this team, I think you squash this team. Play 60-minute game. Play one of your more complete, complimentary games of football all season, and I think that would be an awesome start. Next question. Do you believe the coach can come up with the answers to the big game, big opponent away game issues, uh, or is that going to be the Achilles heel of this Dolphins team? I think it's one of the storylines for January kind of stash away and just be mindful of as you're looking at how the playoff field unfolds. And we are bracing for the dolphins to uh, hopefully make the playoffs. I know my phone has just been blowing up nonstop here the last five minutes or so that the bills have, have fired their offensive coordinator uh, Ken Dorsey and that kind of throwing another wrench into this AFC East this season with the Bills sitting at five and five is a, a very intriguing development and knowing what that looks like. We'll, we'll find out. Um, but Miami not having to worry about that not having to worry about Zach Wilson and, and the Jets players in the locker room being asked about the offensive performance and being very frustrated and, and flustered and, and talking about how uh, you're talking in circles and, and trying to play better offensively. Miami not having that is a great start for the stretch run. But yeah, I, I think Miami focusing on getting into the playoffs and taking care of their business one week at a time The execution on the road. Let's see Baltimore. I think that'll be the next game that that I think I'm I'm really circling and being interested. Although the Jets defense does present you with some problems. I think you can win field position battle there. Uh what is my question is I think a big part of the difference is not a question statement. So we make Daniel and Brian Flores is my ability to hire good staff. Please tell us a little bit more about some of the assistants that you are really. Um, If you are coaching at a high level, it starts with Butch Berry. Butch Berry is a better offensive lineman than any of the four Brian Flores can find in three years. Frank Smith, uh, excellent offensive coordinator. Now he's running in tandem with Mike. Um, It's hard to know how much of that is Mike, how much of that is Frank. But again, that goes to what I think the biggest difference is between Mike McDaniel and Brian Flores, which is not hiring the good coaches. It's being collaborative in, in the direction of the football team. And as you hear more and more about Brian Flores and his tenure here in Miami, it's very clear that he had his vision for what he wanted things to look like. And if you were not going to uh, help that manifest itself, then there was going to be a problem. And uh, that's always tough to uh, a tough way to get things done. If I could plug one player from another team in the NFL, Who would make the biggest impact on this team, and who would it be, and why? Wow. Um, Who would be the biggest needle-moving player in the entire NFL if I could pick one player and put him onto this Dolphins roster? You probably have to look at where the Dolphins are weakest, where the biggest question marks are. Excited about corner. Safety you're sufficient at worst at if they're healthy. can would an, would an elite linebacker change this group? Possibly. Would an elite nose tackle change this group? Possibly. They've got really good. Can I say Quentin Nelson? Quentin Nelson from the Colts is one name that pops to me. Um, I don't want to necessarily go with a. Christian McCaffrey, Fred Warner. Those are some of the names that come to mind for me. That's a great question. Um, notice I didn't say a quarterback because this Dolphins offense is tailored to the specific skill set of a quarterback. I know that's really hard for some people, but it's not a one for one. It's it, it's the the offense has compounding variables because and compounding. Uh, interest, if you will, because the skills of the receivers mesh with the skills of the quarterback, mesh with the uh, skills of the system. I got about 18 more. <laughs> We're not going to get to here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. That's going to do it for us here. I'm going to be texting everybody back uh, with the responses to their questions, but I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. I hope you had a great time talking with Miami Dolphins football. We are getting into the Raiders tomorrow, so plan accordingly. I'm Kyle Krabs. It's your team every day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your Tuesday and fins up.